I'm Cindy Cook, and this is Cook's English Corner. Today's podcast is about bread. If I were given a mandate to give up bread or meat, I would choose meat. Bread is my comfort food. I truly enjoy eating a nice, warm slice of bread with melted butter over almost anything else. Bread is the most prominent food in every culture around the world, and the variety is limitless. In France, the bread of choice is a baguette. In Israel, it's challah. In Mexico, the tortilla. In India, it's naan. And in the Middle East, it's pita. Let's dive into some history and ways that bread connects us. Then, I'll walk you through how to make a basic loaf of bread and hopefully inspire you to give bread making a try. Consider this a motivational podcast to make a loaf of homemade bread. Historians know that man originally survived as hunters and gatherers. The primary food source was meat, supplemented with natural herbs and plants. Then, around 8,000 years ago, humans gave up their nomadic primary way of life, settled down, and began farming and growing cereals. This transition from hunting food to raising food marked the beginnings of civilization. Farming grains and cereals naturally flowed into baking and cooking food sourced from them. Ancient grains include wheat, quinoa, farro, corazon, sorghum, and millet. Common widespread grains are corn, rice, and modern wheat. Making bread would have been a labor-intensive process that involved removing husks, grinding cereals, kneading the dough, and then baking. All bread requires flour. Today, we just go to the grocery store and pick up a five or 10 pound bag of flour. Simple, right? Well, before that bag arrives at the store, each stalk of wheat has been transformed during production. There are five steps to harvest wheat. All of these steps used to be done by hand labor. After World War I, the combine was invented and it reduced the harvesting of one acre of wheat from 46 hours of labor to 30 minutes. Harvesting wheat requires reaping or cutting the stalks. The sickle was the original tool used to cut wheat in fields. Wheat is then gathered into bundles and moved to a flat area to dry. Once the wheat dries, it is threshed, which is removing the whole grain or the wheat berry from the stalk. The fourth step, the separating stage, is the most tedious. People would throw everything on the threshing floor and allow the wind to blow away the chafe. Once there was electricity, power fans were used to separate the chafe or stock from the grain. Finally, 
the wheat berry would be cleaned and all other particles removed. But it's not ready for use yet. It must now be milled or ground into flour. Wheat is transported from the field to a storage facility and then to a mill. The goal of milling is the separation of each wheat kernel into its three distinct parts. The main part, endosperm, is about 83% of the kernel and it's the source of white flour. It's a soluble fiber. The second part, bran, is about 14% of the kernel and is included in whole wheat flour. It's an insoluble dietary fiber. The third part, germ, is about 3% of the kernel and is the embryo or sprouting section of the seed, often separated from flour in milling because the fat content, approximately 10%, limits flour's shelf life. The shelf life means the length of time it can be on a grocery shelf before being bought. The germ contains minimal quantities of high quality protein, but a greater share of B-complex vitamins and trace minerals. Wheat germ can be purchased separately and added back into flour before baking. There are many types of flour. All-purpose flour means that it only contains one part of the wheat berry, the endosperm, and was bleached for a pure white color. Whole wheat flour means that it contains two parts of the wheat berry and is not bleached. All wheat is categorized according to the growing season, winter or spring, color, red or white, and by density, hard or soft. The next time you're in your local market, spend a little extra time in the flower section, and I bet you'll understand your flower choices a little better. Does your mother or grandmother have a favorite bread recipe? I don't remember my mom baking bread regularly, but I do remember every Easter, she did make the most delicious homemade cinnamon rolls. When my sons were growing up, I didn't make bread. The convenience of grocery store bread was just too easy. The idea of homemade bread is very enticing. And so in the last few months, since I've been at home due to COVID, I've started to try and make bread. And for such few ingredients, it's quite challenging. Since I didn't have a handed down recipe, I just searched online for a basic recipe that had clear steps on how to make bread. After a few just so-so tasting loaves, I then consulted a homesteader who offered a free course with four lessons on how to make the perfect loaf of bread. I learned a lot from her and could pinpoint some mistakes I was making. Okay, now that you know how ancient and famous bread is, how tedious the process is to actually change wheat into flour, I wanna share with you 
how you can make a nice loaf of bread. The ingredients you will need are yeast, sugar or honey, olive oil, salt, flour, and water. The cooking utensils you will need are large mixing bowls, a wooden spoon, measuring cups, and loaf pans. Let's start. In a large mixing bowl, add the warm water, yeast, and honey. Stir together and let it bubble for about 15 minutes. This is called proofing. Now add the oil, white flour, and salt. Then stir with the wooden spoon till well mixed. Add half a cup of flour at a time to the dough. Stirring between cups, ensuring the flour is mixed in. We will continue adding flour until the sides of the bowl are clean. It means the dough currently is a very sticky matter. But the more flour we add, the more the dough comes together and it will make the bowl look clean. You will know that you've added the right amount of flour when it's no longer sticky and the dough is in a nice uniform ball. All right, now we need to knead the dough. Place the dough on a kitchen counter and using your hands, gently knead the dough from all sides. You will knead for approximately 10 minutes, but you can test the dough to see if it is the perfect texture by performing a dough test. Pinch off a small ball of dough and gently spread it out with your fingers. If a hole emerges or you can't see light through the dough, you need to knead the dough more. You should perform a dough test until the dough spreads smoothly, doesn't tear, and you can see a faint light through the dough. This lets you know the dough has enough elasticity and that the gluten has been activated. Lightly oil the second mixing bowl and place the bowl in the bottom. Roll the dough in the oil so that all sides are coated. Cover the dough with a damp kitchen cloth and set it in a warm place so the dough can rise, doubling in size. After 30 minutes, you can assess if the dough is through rising by performing the poke test. Take two fingers and poke them into the dough. If the holes close back up and fold in on themselves, it's not ready. Set it aside again and check in about another 15 minutes. When you poke your two fingers into the dough and the holes do not close up and there is little movement of the dough, your dough is ready for the next step. On a lightly floured countertop, place your dough and punch it down. Form it into a nice ball and let it rest for five minutes. Grease 
the loaf pans and gently add your dough. Cover it once again with a damp kitchen towel. The dough will rise for a second time, doubling in size again. Just as before, do the poke test to see if it is ready. Put your loaf into the oven and bake for 30 minutes. The top should be golden brown and should sound hollow when you tap on it. Remove the bread from the oven. Coat the crust with melted butter. Remove it from the pan and place it on a cooling rack. You can eat it right away with butter and jam, but let it cool completely if you're going to wrap it in plastic wrap and save it for use later. Voila, you should have a nice, wonderful loaf of homemade bread. Now, do I think you'll make a great loaf the very first time? Eh, probably not, because bread making is a skill that takes a lot of just intuitiveness. You have to eventually really understand the dough, what it should feel like, what it should look like. And this just takes practice. So don't worry, keep at it. Maybe try making a loaf once a week or twice a week. But either way, you will be surprised at how easy inexpensive, and a lot more tasty your bread will be if you make it in your own kitchen. Thanks for listening. I'm Cindy Cook with Cook's English Corner. Thanks for listening. If you want a transcript of this episode with definitions, please check us out at cooksenglishcorner.com where you can find it all for free, no sign-up required. See you next time.